0: University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at UBCBR on Facebook for more information. Will you pray with me, please? God, we've sung words of needing you this morning, and those words feel deep within us as we read the headlines, as we continue to wrestle with confusing information that's shared, as we grieve for those across the world whose countries are caught in war. As we see stories of younger and younger people whose mental health is so deeply affected and fragile. Oh God, do we need you? And then we're reminded you are greater. You are healer. And God, that's what we need. So during the time that we're together, the remaining time that we're together, may the meditations of our heart be pointed towards you. May those things that we bring with us this morning be laid at your feet. And may our worship continue to glorify you. Amen. Because I don't know the person they're introducing. Um, And that makes me uncomfortable. But Andy, thank you. You balanced it. Uh, And you didn't even report my SAT scores, which I'm grateful for. I bring greetings from Campbell University. A little small school in eastern North Carolina whose women's basketball team is playing for a conference championship tonight. I happen to be very fond of one of the team managers, as it's my daughter. So I'm really hoping that they do well and she gets to follow the team to whatever their next event location is. So it's 7.30 tonight, if you'll say a prayer for... It's a really simple prayer. We can practice it together. All you have to say is... Go camels. So can we practice that together real quick? And I really expect some, some verb over here, right? One, two, three. Go camels. All right, all right. I also bring greetings from my colleagues at the Center for Church and Community where we do work with churches in rural and underserved areas to help bring the assets of the university to work alongside them to reach God's vision for their communities. And... Um, I'm grateful for that work. Um, as we get started this morning, my wife is a control freak. That's her confession to make. I'm just stating fact. But after 28 years of being married, I've learned to pick my battles and laugh things off that I was never really in control of to begin with. And if I ever thought I was, she reminds me of that as well. But here's my confession. Though I hate to admit it, at times I too can be a control freak. Typically, I'm normally pretty easy to get along with, low-key, don't get too worked up about things. But when I get stressed out, I start micromanaging. I want to exert control. It's a bad habit. I have to be careful as well. When I work with, I've learned to give control away. It's of how the work is going and where things are. The first month we were together to exert control, all you... She taps her hand on people and things. And hopefully, well, I think they are both about control and a lack of control. Jesus exerted some control outwardly and inwardly as well. First from Luke 4. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days and God command this stone to become a one does not live by in an instant all of the kingdoms of the world for it's been given to me and I will give it to any. It will all be yours. God You are the son of God. Throw yourself to protect you, and on their answered him. It is said, "Do not put the Lord your God to the t- more opportune time." Right? Like, I don't remember not ever going to church, and I remember hearing this story many, many times. And the way it was told to me is that Jesus, this warrior who faced down the devil and all of his cleverness, that Jesus, the one who could withstand prophets, of the celebrity, he rejected. Seems to me there may be another sermon Jesus rejects them as well. Self idolatry. We miss that Jesus' is, These are the things that our culture celebrates. And Jesus' rejections are grounded in his faith of the prophets, the things that he had been taught growing up, the things that he had learned. And they're the foundation of how he would challenge greed, empire, and oppression. Imagine if we lived by these three responses Jesus offered. One, one does not live by bread alone. Two, now clearly we could stay just in this story for a while and talk about how Jesus stared down these temptations, demonstrated a better way, but I'd like to ask you to go on a little journey with me to another gospel altogether and see how these three responses show up in the gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are considered the synoptic gospels. They shared a lot of authorship material. And John is often seen as this rebel gospel. So we never really know where John is going with things. But oftentimes John spends a lot of time talking about all of Jesus. If we read more closely, we also see a master teacher at work. A very consistent teacher at work. Not just then, but... Here's the scene. Because he realizes about 10 verses before our story picks up that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. And he, the man who had resisted the three temptations was told or realized that the people were going to come and make him king. And he withdrew from them. He picks up. This is John chapter 6, beginning of verse 25. They said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on Him that God the Father has set His seal. And then they said to Jesus, What must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus' response was, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And then they said to him, what sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors, they ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, God gave them bread from heaven to eat. But Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it was not Moses... Who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Remember the three things that Jesus provided an example for in the story of the temptations. When we walk through this second story from the Gospel of John, you see how he teaches those very same things to the people. John wasn't just focused on the divinity of Jesus. He also focuses on how Jesus teaches us to be human. Through humility, through sacrifice, through giving up control on that that was never ours to begin with. Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. And Jesus answered the people, you seek your fill of bread, but I am offering you the food that endures forever. I give that to you when you give yourself to me. You see, you can't make that happen. We can't make that happen. We can't bake this bread. We're not in control of that. Jesus offers us something we can't offer ourselves. And so we have to give up thinking that the things of this earth, the things that we think we control, are the key to joy and fulfillment. Those things, like the bread of life, are temporary. What Jesus offers to us endures forever. It made me stop and think, I wonder what the bread is that I am clinging to for control. But people aren't done with their questions. They have more. Lucky for them, Jesus isn't done teaching. They want to know what they can do to perform the works of God. And Jesus' response, this is the work of God. That you believe in him whom he has sent. When tempted, Jesus responded, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So the answer isn't in what you can do to act like God, but rather that we are to worship. The agency we have is to worship God and the one God has sent, not to think or behave as if we are God. That sounds a little bit like another control issue, if you ask me. I wonder if this is why prayer becomes such a powerful practice for us, right? It reminds us of who God is and it reminds us of our reliance upon God. It reminds us that we serve God rather than God serves us. And if we're asking God to serve us, I think we've got the order of our prayer backwards. We serve a lot of other gods. Control primary among them. But maybe maybe because we are control freaks. Or maybe because we have an inordinate sense. That we are more important than we are. We lean into things. That are not God. I want to be careful not to suggest. That I want you to start having self esteem. Or self loathing issues. But. I just want us to be reminded that Jesus demonstrated this and then he taught it to his early followers and he teaches it to us today. We are to be a worshiping people. And then from that worship, we are a people who serve. Too often we make worship perfunctory and strategy becomes the ruler over service. That wasn't popular with the people listening to Jesus then either. Lastly, the people want signs. So they moved through two of these stages with Jesus with their questions. And now they want signs. But, but read the tone of the questions. These aren't just questions. These are challenges to Jesus. What sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe it? What are you working on? What work are you performing? Our ancestors, they ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread to eat. Sometimes that sounds like my children bargaining, trying to wrestle control from the situation. And Jesus answers the people in the way that demonstrated how he responded in the wilderness when he was tempted. Don't put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus didn't give in to their demands. Rather, he reminded them where the bread came from in the first place. He took them back. To their stories. These stories of the prophets are their stories. These stories of the prophets are our, our stories. These stories of Jesus are our stories. Jesus took them back to their stories and traditions, and he grounded them in not only who God is, but how God has provided for them and continues to provide for them. They wanted control of the story, and Jesus reminded them that control rests only. In the eternal God. Not in circus. Rest in the worshiping community whose service grows out of that worship. We have agency, but Jesus reminds us to give up our desire for control. He reminds us to live by three responses. Three responses that either are about a desire for control or a fear of losing it. Jesus experienced these very temptations of control. Gives us a model for how to respond. And taught it to the disciples and the followers. We don't live by bread alone. We need to worship the Lord our God and serve only God. Don't put the Lord your God. I wonder what we're trying to control that we need to relinquish. We all do it. Where is it that control is, is eating at us from the inside out? Where is it that our grasping for control is keeping us from flourishing and experiencing joy? Y'all, control. Control is exhausting. To trust the prophets lived and echoed by Jesus serve as a lens for you and I to follow Jesus to the cross. Because we're in control. Instead, we follow Jesus to the cross. Bulletin for written reflection. And I'd offer you an opportunity to think about the things where control's eating you inside out, where control's not serving you well, where it's not serving your relationships well. We talk a lot about what are we going to give up during lent. Chocolate's easy compared to control. Coffee's easy compared to control. So when it comes to control, how do we live a better way?